Good morning. My name is Deacon Norman Freeman, and I will be presenting today's lesson titled Clothed with Christ from Colossians 3rd chapter, verses 5 through 17. Let us first go to God in prayer. Great Jehovah Yahweh, we humbly submit ourselves before you this day, thanking you for another opportunity to study your word. We pray that your word will go forward in a manner that will be pleasing and acceptable to you. We pray that you will use this lesson in a way that someone will be drawn to accept Jesus Christ as their Savior. We praise you and we worship you. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. The people of this day in many parts of the world were considered barbarians. The Greeks used this as a term for those they deemed uneducated, that is, those who did not speak Greek or follow a Greek pattern of living. Abraham lived as a nomad, occupying large areas of territory used to graze his sheep and cattle and donkeys. The people he encountered in this lifestyle lived lives similar to his own. The difference was the morality Abraham used to guide his life in contrast to the morality of the people he encountered on the open range. The Greeks considered people like Abraham to be barbarians because they did not speak Greek or follow a Greek pattern of living. The Greeks despised Jews, who they considered to be barbarians, and the Jews scorned the Scythians as savage. They were considered the lowest of the low. As you already know, Paul authored Colossians, and it contains four chapters. In the final two chapters of Colossians, Paul challenged the Colossians to apply the doctrines he had been preaching. Paul taught, as Christ did, that Christians should not just know the truth and be able to defend it, but that truth must be lived out in their daily lives. The pagan religions of Paul's day said little or nothing about personal morality. A worshiper could bow before an idol, put his offering on the altar, and go back to live the same old life of sin. What a person believed had no direct relationship with how he behaved. No one would attempt to correct the person for his behavior. The Christian faith brought a whole new concept into pagan society. Faith in Christ meant being united with him. If Christians share his life, they must follow his example. If Christ lives in the believer, he or she cannot continue in sin. Today's lesson, titled Clothed with Christ from Colossians 3rd chapter, verse 5 through 17, is divided into three parts for ease of discussion. I will read the scripture in three parts corresponding to the three parts of today's lesson from the King James Version and then discuss each part directly after the scripture reading. These three parts are part one, new life in Christ from Colossians third chapter verse five through nine. Part two, renewal procedures from Colossians 3rd chapter, verse 10 through 11. And part three, walking new, from Colossians 3rd chapter, verse 12 through 17. And scripture for part one, 
Colossians third chapter, verse five through uh, nine and verse five reads as follows. Mortify therefore your members, which are upon the earth, fornication, uncleanliness, inordinate affection, evil concupiscence, and covetousness, which is idolatry, for which things sake the wrath of God cometh on the children of disobedience, in the which ye also walked some time when ye lived in them. But now ye also put off all these, anger, wrath, malice, blasphemy, filthy communications out of your mouth. Lie not one to another, seeing that you have put off the old man with his deeds. Now let's discuss this part one, new life in Christ. Paul speaks directly about the demands of the new life and our urgent need to curb all the degrading tendencies of the old nature. The old life is dead. The believer has to let it die. We are not simply to suppress or control evil acts and attitudes. We are to wipe them out completely. Exterminate the old way of life. The action is to be undertaken decisively with a sense of urgency. It suggests a vigorous, painful act of personal determination. Paul is calling for a slaying of evil passions, desires, and practices that root themselves in our bodies. Paul goes on to, let, to list sins. Paul warned that God's judgment would fall on disobedient. He reminded the Colossians that this is the way they used to live. He said this ungodly life belongs to the past and that the Christian should be done with it. Paul firmly encourages getting rid of this past life. The Christian is to have a totally new life change in which he or she has put off the old self with its practices, habits, or characteristics and put on the new. This is like the resurrection of Christ who pulled off the grave clothes and then left them behind in the tomb. Christians now have a new life in Christ. The old deeds and desires must be put off. Scripture for part two, renewal procedures, Colossians third chapter, verse 10 and 11, and verse 10 reads, and have put on the new man which is renewed in knowledge after the image of him that created him, where there is neither Greek nor Jew, circumcision or uncircumcision, barbarian, Scythian, bond or nor free, but Christ is all and in all. Let's discuss this part two, renewal procedures. Paul talked about becoming a new creature in Christ and taking off the old self. But how can that be done? Bad habits and ungodly conduct is not simply going to fall away like dirty clothes. Paul used the word knowledge to explain how a person changes, not through knowledge of more rules and laws, but the knowledge of Christ. As believers grow in knowledge of the word of God, when we learn read and study his word. God's spirit 
changes us. God transforms Christians by washing old thoughts, desires, and intentions out of our minds and replacing them with new ones. Scripture for part three, walking new, Colossians third chapter verses 12 through 17 and verse 12 reads, put on therefore as the elect of God, holy and beloved, bowels of mercy, kindness, humbleness of mind, meekness, long-suffering, forbearing one another, and forgiving one another. If any man have a quarrel against any, even as Christ forgave you, so also do ye. And above all these things, put on charity, which is the bond of per perfectness. And let the peace of God rule in your hearts, to the which also ye are called in one body, and be ye thankful. Let the word of Christ dwell in you richly in all wisdom, teaching and admonishing one another in psalms and hymns and spiritual songs, singing with grace in your hearts to the Lord. And whatsoever ye do in word or deed, do all in the name of the Lord Jesus, giving thanks to God and the Father by him. Let's discuss this part three, walking new. Christians are chosen, set apart, and loved by God. Paul uses a series of phrases to describe who believers become when they receive Christ. First, they are the elect of God, or the chosen ones of God. Paul clarifies that salvation is based on God's choice uh, or election. Christians are called chosen or elect of God. Secondly, they are holy. This means set apart ones, special or saints. Paul also highlights long suffering, which is patience or slowness in avenging wrongs. Patience characterizes a person who refuses to yield to rage in the face of wrongs done to them. Patience is almost exclusively associated with our relationship with other people. One needs patience to succeed in life. All virtues are apparent in Christ's life, a heart of compassion, humility, meekness, long-sufferance, uh, endurance or forbearance, and forgiveness. When a believer manifests these virtues, he has put on Christ. Love is the cord that binds together all of the other virtues. Love is the lubricant that enables all other virtues to function smoothly. This fact is made clear in Colossians 3.14. After putting on the eight virtues above, we are to put on the outer cloak as the bond of perfectness or as the girdle. Perfectness means completeness. The word bond is like a joint tie or ligament by which all things are bound together, especially uniting the human body together. Let the peace of God rule in your hearts. Means we should allow the peace of Christ to rule our hearts. The peace of God means either the peace that Christ gives or the peace that belongs to Christ. The peace of Christ should control our lives. 
His word influences our activities. Both should dwell within our hearts. The word of Christ dwelling within our hearts will produce the wisdom we need in life. It will produce all the wisdom we need in life. It will influence and govern our thoughts, deeds, and motivations. It will help us to make good and rational decisions in life. Sinners receive forgiveness and are accepted by God the Father as sons and daughters. Our lives are to be motivated by the love of Christ in us with the purpose of honoring and glorifying his name. Our lives and activities must be governed by the peace of Christ in our hearts and motivated by our relationship with Christ with eternity in view. This ends today's lesson. Let us pray. Father, we thank you for giving light to your ways and opening our minds that we may see the things that you have stored up for us. Help us to remember to be obedient to you in every way. Help us to recognize that while we are alive here on earth, that we must live in a manner that reflects your ways and your values. Give us the wisdom to know the, and understand what life in your presence will be like. Help us to understand that all we need to do is tell the story and the Holy Spirit does the rest. Bless this lesson and allow it to touch someone to bring them to a closer relationship with Jesus Christ, our Redeemer. Amen.